from recruiting and consulting firm Riderflex. I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your Riderflex podcast episode of the day. Sydney Golden on the Riderflex podcast. How are you doing, Sydney? I'm great, Steve. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you being here. I'm anxious to get into what you're doing with your golden. golden. It's your golden. But before we do that, um, let's talk about Sydney, the person. Why don't you give us a little background, a little history, where she's from, where she went to school, stuff like that. Yeah, sure. So I, uh, you know, I'm in Denver now, but I'm not a native. Um, so I grew up in the Detroit suburbs. Okay. I went to the University of Wisconsin in Madison, which right. um, is a great time, great city, great place. Then I took my talents to Chicago, as every good Midwesterner does, um, spent, got my first job in marketing there. I worked for um, a marketing agency on Michigan Avenue. It was great. And then moved to Pittsburgh to work for the Pittsburgh Pirates moved to DC to work for the Nationals, um, stayed in DC for seven years, went to the NFLPA, uh, did, did a short time in tennis, and now I'm here in Denver um, working for a division of Kroenke Sports. Did you, always um, want, did you always want to work for sports teams and be around? Was that the goal or you just kind of fell into it? Yeah, well, I think it was a little bit of both. I had you know, in college, I got the opportunity to work in our athletic department. So it kind of gave me this like little like this taste. And it was really interesting. But marketing was really kind of where I was at. And I didn't really think about the sports industry. And then when I first got that job, the opportunity with the Pirates, it just kind of grew from there. Okay. All right. You as a girl, like when you're in high school, you're like, I'm gonna work for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I wasn't necessarily a specific goal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't even really start thinking about sports marketing until college. And okay. then I, like my first job with the pirates was, was in, was in um, ticket sales. So, gotcha. which is maybe part of the stuff that we'll cover today, but you know, I always wanted to do marketing, but realized, okay, if I want to make this jump, I think, you know, sports marketing could be cool. I just kind of took the first opportunity that came my way. Okay. All right. Very good. And then, so, so you had a nice career. You worked for the pirates, you worked for the nationals, you, you worked for the NFL players association for a while. Um, I don't know why, why would you, why would you leave that and go to work for the Washington castles? I, I didn't really, I saw that, that move on the LinkedIn. I'm like, okay, I don't know about that move. <laughs> I'm so no, but I'm actually so glad you asked me about this. Cause I think it could be really valuable for some of your listeners. I loved my job at the PA, you know, it's all the glamorous things you could think of. Like we went to Super Bowls and draft and Pro Bowl and, you know, through great part, I, you know, I was an event marketer there. And so we threw all the great parties at all the best places and, it, you know, it was super fun. To be fair, though, I wasn't making any money. And any as in, any as in zero or just very little? As in, you know, living in D.C., making 50K. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I, uh, I've heard, I've heard all, yeah, okay, go ahead. So you're like, yeah, so, this, is cool. this is cool. I'm getting to meet like uh, NFL Hall of Famers, but I'm not making any money. Okay, got it. Yeah, so, right, exactly. So you're doing all these really, you know, you're getting all the Nike gear and you're going on all these great trips, mm. but like at the end of the day, mm. yeah, you're not really making a living. So the, the Washington Castles called me and basically said, name your price. You know, we've never had a director of marketing. 
we've heard great things about you and, you know, name your price. And so I basically said double what I was making at the PA, not really thinking that they would say yes. Okay. But they did. (laughs) Awesome. Good for you. Good job. Great job. (laughs) Well, how do you say no to that? Right. 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 Okay. That's so that's how that was that move. And then what, and then what happened? Did you get called or recruited by, by Kroenke or how'd you make that move? No. So like DC, you know, continuing that story, the, the move to tennis, that organization specifically just wasn't the right fit for me. Okay. So it was great because listen, I kind of equalized my salary where I should have been. Mm-hmm. And so it was almost like a needed jump, but it just, it wasn't the right fit. And so for, you know, almost the entire time I was working there, I was looking for another job and all in DC, but I'd kind of decided, you know, I didn't want to work for the Redskins. Like, I'm not sure if you know, but their reputation is not great in terms of the front office. I've heard that. Um, The Wizards and Caps, you know, I was friends with all the people who had the job that I would have been going for. They weren't going to be leaving anytime soon. So I was kind of in DC and I was looking for other jobs and people saw me and were like, well, you just, you're in sports. We don't know what to do with you. So I had a really tough time finding something in DC being that I'm not in the political arena at all. Okay. And so it just kind of forced me to look outside of DC. I see. All right. Had you been to Colorado before? Yeah. My sister lives here. She lives Um, She's been out here for like 20 years and she has two kids, like married with two kids. So Denver was a city that I was interested in and it, it worked out. I mean, I, uh, I worked in DC for three years flying back and forth. And so I'm very familiar with the area, nothing against DC, but Denver is a lot better. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's hard to even compare. They're so different. You're right. You're right. Right. It is. It's true. It's not even fair to compare it. It's like, yeah, it's like two different planets almost really. Right. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Like totally different vibe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh, completely agree. Okay. So you've been here for what? Seven years, seven years. And you've worked for Cronky sports for that long and, and same with the outdoor channel the whole time. Yep. The entire time. The outdoor channel, I didn't even, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm, I consider myself an outdoor guy, but I'm not really a huge hunter, fisher guy, but I do like going to the mountains. So I, I think of myself as an outdoor guy, but then I checked the, the channel on the website and I was like, oh, well, that's why I haven't been on it. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's interesting and similar to kind of what I was talking about in DC, you know, marketing is marketing is marketing mm-hmm. based on the experience I have. The industry has new, the industry you work for has nuances, of course. But like the industry really doesn't matter. Like what I do is industry agnostic. And so Mm -hmm. that was really the frustrating part in DC when people are like, we don't know what to do with you because you have sports. So now here to that point, you know, I'm not an angler. I'm, I don't hunt, Um, you know, I don't know if my politics even align necessarily, but um, you you don't necessarily, my point is to do your job and to do it great you know, the industry, at least from my perspective, is somewhat irrelevant. And it's a great company to work for. Um, Everyone in the in the company has been a class act, especially coming from other sports organizations. And, you know, we have all of our meetings at the Pepsi Center. And we're, you know, we're all like one, my, my office is at the Pepsi Center campus, we're all kind of one. And just seeing how they run their business compared to the other front offices I've been into, it's like, it's a class act. So very good. Okay. Very cool. Well, it seems like a cool job. Yeah. Uh, 
It's interesting you mentioned that about the Redskins. I won't want to spend too much time on that, but I remember in DC, I worked for a furniture company and we sold office chairs. And I remember I got a call from somebody there saying, Hey, we want to buy a bunch of office chairs. We want to refit the refit the offices with office chairs. And I'm like, Oh, great. Awesome. Let's talk about it. Anyway, to make a long story short, I remember he called me one day. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you don't understand. He goes, we're giving you the privilege to give us the chairs. We're not actually going to pay for them. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> I like, like that's, oh, I oh, mean, that's how it works. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot, I guess they're the, the, the Washington football club, right? I guess Right, they're not called the Redskins anymore. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally I forgot. I called him that as well. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even think of it. But I, yeah, I was like, I remember thinking, oh, so they get all their stuff for free. Nobody actually pays. Mm -hmm. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, all right. So you're at the Outdoor Channel, and what? You got this entrepreneurial bug, or or what? What, what happens here with your golden? Walk me into it. Yeah. So it's like so funny because other people had approached me for startups. Um, especially living in Denver, for whatever right. reason, I right. get approached, I got approached a lot. And I was always just like, you know, I don't have that entrepreneurial spirit. I just don't like I'm not interested. And I said no to, to so many opportunities in the startup space. And then suddenly, I just saw this opportunity. And I was like, really passionate about it. And I was like, okay. as much as I thought I would never do be an entrepreneur, I was like, I just, I have to pursue this, I have to try it. And you know, being that I have 17 years of professional experience and I'm not a 20 something going into this, I feel a lot more confident starting something on the side and with all of my experience that it's not that big of a risk to me. You know, I, yeah. I, I of course make mistakes, um, but I've also made a ton of mistakes already in 17 years. So right. um, to me, it was like, it's not that, big of a of a risk if that makes sense you know yep and is it you bootstrapped it you didn't you didn't it's just your money right you didn't take on any cash from anybody totally bootstrapping it uh, still right now you know we've been around for about a year and it's still fully self-funded i've explored a lot about you know getting investors but talking to people in really Denver and Boulder, mostly in the startup space, a lot of them tell me, hey, I wish I wouldn't have, I wish I wouldn't yeah. have taken money. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can, if you can continue to do it self-funding, like do that as long as you can. And yeah, good advice. You're getting good advice there. <laughs> so yes, I'm so I'm so I'm still Okay, very good. Give us the over for the people that have no idea what we're talking about. Let's yeah. uh, let's give them the overview. It's your golden, and by the way, it's the letters U R and then golden.com. Give them the give us the three minute overview. Go for it. So really, it's a photographer on demand platform that makes it so fast, easy, and affordable to book a pre vetted photographer. You can put your phone down and be present. So the the what we have right now is we have this cell phone era of this content consumption and creation on our cell phones. Mm -hmm. And we have hiring a professional photographer for a photo shoot. We don't have anything in the middle, except mm. now we do, because your golden is here. So <laughs> the point is with, with everything that we want to post on social media, you're not going to hire a professional photographer, or I should say a traditional photographer to come and do a, like a posed photo shoot, but you don't want to have your phone out. So if you have 
kids and they're having a birthday, you have an anniversary, you, it's a baby shower, a gender reveal, like, you know, all these milestone moments that happen in our lives, that do, it doesn't make sense to have a traditional photo shoot. You just want someone to capture the candid moments. Mm-hmm. Um, because having your phone out really is a distraction. So like, think about this, think about like, it's your birthday, yeah. you're a five-year-old, six-year-old, whatever. you're blowing out your candles, I'm your mom. Okay. Blow out the candles, Steve. You can't even see my face. Ah, that's a good point. I like it. Yeah, you're right. So the kids look up and they're like, mom, mom, look, watch me, look at me. And she's like, okay, yeah, right. Not even like, so the kid can't, you can't connect yourself. You're living your life through your cell phone. And so what you've traded in these amazing in-person moments for these saved photos on your phone. So your golden really just, it's a hundred bucks an hour. A professional comes to you, fly on the wall, photojournalism. You don't even know they're there. They're not posing you. They're taking candid photos and we deliver unedited photos in 24 hours. So you have them so quick and you can upload them to any social media you want and you got to live your life in real time. Is it like a shared Google Drive folder or how do you upload them for me? Where do you upload them? So on the you fill out an order form on your golden, who, what, when, where. Um, just like Uber, you're kind of paying for a level of service. You're not picking a specific photographer. We match you with the photographer and then they will upload a link, um, a customized photo gallery link that you own and it's in your account and you can share that link thousands of times. You can download as many times as you want. You've paid your hundred dollars upfront. There's no hidden fees. Like once you get that photo link, you can do whatever you want with it. Okay, where are you? How are you storing those? What are you using? Shootproof.com. What is that? We use Shootproof. Oh, I see. I see. And they're like a massive storage center for photos or whatever. I see. Exactly. Like in this stage of the business, you know, we're just kind of in the MVP, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. eventually we'll build our own photo gallery. But in this stage, Shootproof is perfect. They let me customize everything, you know, my branding's on it. I like they I can send out emails from there. I mean, it's amazing. It's an it's a great service. These Super photos affordable. That, these photos that you're using on that particular service, can you move them to your own database at some point? Okay, mm-hmm. okay very good. Um, all right. And so so this you have you have levels, right? 100, 152. Walk me through the levels. So the levels right now are um based on years of experience and equipment. So, you know, I I do think certain moments might require someone who has a little bit more experience. But what I'm also finding out is people hiring our photographers don't necessarily care about that. Mm. Um, And that's fine. And that's good learning for me, right? So I I think in the very near future, we're probably going to move down to one or two, like we might just be a flat $100 an hour. We might be one, 100, 150, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to add video. So ah, uh, that, was right now it's, that was one of my questions. So they won't, they won't shoot video right now. Right they, now we, we can't, like if someone asks me about it, we can set it up. Um, okay. But right now we're doing just photo, you know, technically we do just photo, but soon we will be offering photo and video options. That was one of the things I thought about when I saw your different ranges, price ranges, you know, and like the experience. I was like, I was like, I I mean, if somebody snaps photos, that's all I care about. Exactly. (laughs) And that's a learning, you know, so in speaking to the photographers, that was something that they were really concerned about, you Mm -hmm. know, from their perspective, 
this is a totally different business model. This is unlike anything traditional photographers ever do. And so for them, you know, they really value like, okay, well, I have so much more experience. I bring so I much see. more to the table. So it was kind of more like taking their perspective into account. But from the customer's perspective, to your point, it doesn't matter. And, and that's what we're learning. And so soon enough, we'll probably make some changes to that. Okay. So if I go to your website, I just fill out some stuff. I sign up and boom, somebody shows up to my house. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And then after they leave, I get like an email with like a link. Yep. And 24 hours later. Okay. Very good. Will they upload it to all my social media for me? So I don't have to do that. Cause that's a pain in the ass too. <laughs> Sorry. You got to do that yourself. Is that, have you gotten that question? No, we haven't, but there's a lot of security issues now. So there are, there are platforms that you could log on to and potentially give me access without sharing your passwords. Uh -huh. um, but that's a whole, it's a whole, yeah. it's a whole lot to, to share your information with someone to post for you. But it's I not hear. a request we've actually gotten that much. We get more, more, we get, will you edit the photos? And the answer is absolutely not. Well, that's where your cost would come in, right? Totally. Yeah. That's where the cost comes in. And really, so the mission with the company is to just, you know, like I said, put your phone down, be present, capture candid moments. Like we're here to say we have a phone and app addiction problem. No, and we want to deliver no authentic. There's, there's no doubt about it. Did you see the Netflix special Social Dilemma? Sure did. Wow, that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Agreed. And it, it's actually so helpful for your golden because people are now becoming more aware how addicted to our phones we are. And so if we can say, hey, you don't have to like Friendsgiving, everyone put your phone in the basket when you walk in the door. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a photographer here. You don't have to worry about social media photos. I'll send you a link tomorrow to all the pictures you can post. And now you have Friendsgiving and you can just enjoy your totally. time and you don't have to worry about having your phone out. I love I love that. I love that. I, I get so annoyed when family members are at are at events, not only are they taking pictures in the during the event, which is distracting, but then they're trying to upload them during the event and post them. I'm like, stop, just stop it. Exactly. You don't have to, you don't have to post them right this second. <laughs> no, that's and so that's exactly that's the mission behind the company. So, like while logistically it's a photographer on demand business. The mission is to get people to put their phones down and just start living life in real time. Enjoy the moment. Yeah. And we don't enjoy the moment and we don't want to edit the photos because we want to deliver these authentic images that honestly are already amazing. Our photographer's equipment is amazing and they're going to get better photos than you could get on your iPhone, no matter what editing isn't needed. And so that's just not what we do. And again, because we're not traditional photography, and we're just trying to replace people's cell phones. So we've had requests for weddings, newborns, family Christmas cards, um, engagement photos. And I say no to those because like that, that's that's already a saturated market. We're not going uh, after. I we're see. just replacing your cell phone. I see. All right. Well, what if you get like 20 calls tomorrow for weddings? You sure you don't want that revenue? I will, I will gladly pass on all my photographer's information directly to the client and they can book directly with them. Okay. This is more like, hey, me and some friends are going to meet. We're going to be camping for the weekend. I want you to come up on Saturday and take a bunch of photos. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mountain biking, kayaking, skiing. I mean, outdoor adventures galore. And then, like I said, the milestone moments, like birthdays, Friendsgiving, anniversaries, bachelorette, you know, baby shower, wedding shower, all those sort of kind of milestone moments that I call them. 
Okay, very good. Uh, this link that you give me, can I share the link with my friends and family? They can see yep. the photos too? They can, you can share the link a thousand times. A, a, I don't care, you, you own not. it. Can, you can paid my friends, me up front. Can and my so friends you can send download? That link oh, sorry. And free to download. Okay. Yeah, free to share, free to download. No extra fees, like no hidden costs. It's yours. You own the photos. We don't. Okay, gotcha. All right, very good. I like all of that. Uh, how are I you? Mean, sorry, just the last thing, because really, if we want to try to take the place of people's phones, if we're really saying put your phone down and be present, we're trying to deliver you similar gotcha. photos that you would have on your phone, right? So you'd have them very fast. They wouldn't be edited. You can send them to your friends and family for free, right? So we're trying to kind of mimic that as much as possible. Video for yeah. sure. I think I, I think you should add video for sure. Yeah. Uh, you, it's coming. You know, a lot of people want video. How are you selecting your photo? How are you selecting your photographers? Do they, do they have to go through the Sydney, Sydney deep interview? <laughs> they sure do. They sure do. No. So yes. So I have 20 photographers on board and I vetted them all before I launched to the public. Mm. This is a new idea. I, I got a lot of no's um, from a lot of photographers and that's okay. But I got a lot of yeses too. And um, so I have this pool already vetted. It was, you know, background checks. I met them all in person, um, you know, looked through all their portfolios, that sort of thing. Eventually, you know, it will be like Uber where you go on an app and you can sign up to be a photographer and sign up to be a customer. Uh -huh. And the, the, you know, vetting process would be automated. They'd go through a background check. We'd check their social media accounts, their websites, all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, they'd have to tell us what equipment they have, but if ultimately it's going to be an automated process right now, again, in the process I'm at fully funding and just at my MVP, I did it all on my own in the beginning. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so building, making it an app and, and all self-sufficient like that, that's coming. That's the goal to make it gotcha. like fully mm -hmm. on demand. Mm -hmm. Like right now, we say, give us three days notice. We definitely can fulfill in a day, but the goal is to be super, super on demand. You know, I mean, if you, told me, if you told me I could open up an app and I could get a photographer like at my house within a couple of hours, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that's, and that's the goal. Okay. All right, very good. Now there's no secret sauce or there's no, there's, there's no secret patented stuff here. How do you protect yourself from competitors and all that? Is this a... Speed to market slash reputation. I was the first one. I'm awesome. Use me or what is this? <laughs> yeah, so it's so it's interesting. There definitely are some photographer on demand platforms out there. Okay. But what makes your golden different is this only replacing your cell phone and this social mission that we have to get people to put their phones down. So right now you can go on demand and you can book a photographer for a wedding and it's still going to be the same. It might be a little bit more affordable or the process might be a little less cumbersome than a traditional photographer, but everything else remains the same. So no, there's no patented information here. Anyone could start this tomorrow. And that's what I lose sleep over every night. Right. I lose like, so, sorry to bring it up. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, I mean, I've been working on this for two years and every right. day I'm like, someone's going to do this. Someone yeah. else is going to do yeah. this. Someone, awesome. no one has <laughs> still no one has, but yeah, I mean, and you know what, to be fair, I'd welcome that because that just validates my business model even more if someone else came out with it. 
Well, if someone comes out with a bunch of money and they beat you to making an app or whatever, they could always acquire you later. You still sell it to them. Yeah. Is, is I don't that, even is, want to is, think is, about that you, right now. Yeah. Have you thought about that? Is this going to be a little lifestyle play for you? A little, little, little retirement uh, lifestyle company for Sydney, or is this something you want to grow and sell or have you decided? I haven't decided, you okay. know, it's not like I, I did not start this business just to grow it, to sell it. Okay. I really did have this see the option opportunity in the market and have a passion about people being more socially connected. Even before COVID, there was this loneliness epidemic in our country that had been fueled by our phone addiction. 10 times and worse now, 10 times worse now, 10 times worse now. Yep. And it's only getting worse. Millennials and Gen Z say they have you know, no friends that they could call. They have a thousand friends on Facebook, but they have no actual friends that they could pick up the phone and call. Like our phone addiction is is driving this business for me. And I think it's only getting worse. Um, so I, they're really the social cause yeah, like and just being passionate about the opportunity. I love the social cause. I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. Are you kidding me? When, I, when my wife and I are at a restaurant and I look over and I see another couple like on their phones and not engaged, like not even other. talking to each other. That, that just, I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't like, why even go to dinner? Like, what are you doing? I, my oh, wife, and I have a super, we have a super strict rule about that. As soon as we walk into the restaurant, we're not, we don't pull out our phones. We, that, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I wish more people would do phone free dinners and yes. Yeah. That, that is just, so you're, you're right. It, it's really bad. I mean, we could do a whole, we could do a whole episode on this on the phone addiction thing. Right. It's, it's super crazy how the phones are keeping us from engaging with each other. I tell my team at RiderFlex all the time, I'm like, just call people, you know, yeah. I, I, even email, even email and text, you know, like, oh, I texted a text. I'm waiting for a text back. Or I'm, I emailed them yesterday. I'm like, call them. Pick up the phone. <laughs> I know. I know it's crazy. It's really, it's really nuts. And Technology, thank God, right, for that, because of, co like, through COVID, thank God that we've had the yeah. technology we have, yeah. but we really have to understand that where there's a line, like, we have to draw the line, it's getting, like, you saw the social dilemma, I mean, it's oh scary, it's that, getting that, bad. That, that, that documentary scared the crap out of me, I, I was mm -hmm. like, wow, these guys got way, they got way too much power, that's also another completely different episode, the, the power these guys have, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> it's scary, it's really scary, so... Uh, the, I also like what you mentioned, you know, the loneliness and depression stuff. I'm not single. Thank God. I've been married to my wife for 20 something years. Uh, but yeah. I, have friend, I have friends like like you. I have other friends that are single, including my youngest son. But I have grown friends that are single. And I'm like, damn, bro, I'm, I feel bad for you. Like I, during, during this COVID thing. And I'm like, I don't even know. How do you how are you even functioning? I don't even know. I know. Well, I think the phone addiction is actually getting worse in COVID, as we kind of mentioned. Lucky for me, I have my fur baby. I think if I didn't have my dog, I would have had a much, much harder time. But um, also, you know, lucky for me, I COVID actually gave me a really interesting opportunity. So even though there wasn't like a lot of business going on, mm -hmm. it gave me the time to um, work on the back end of the website, yeah. you know, yeah. develop technology, build my email base. Yep. So like I, the less social, to, you, you, what you went out a, a fewer times, you did fewer like activities outside. You, you went fewer places. You spent that time building your little company. How about that? I exactly. Like exactly. I took it. I took full advantage of that. That's so great. honestly, Good. like 
for the first like two months of like March and April, yep. my head was down the entire time. I didn't even like really realize like. That's great. Yeah. And then suddenly I like come up for air and I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone in two months. All right. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, uh, very good. So. Good for you. Well, I, I love the, well, I like the idea. Um, I think it'll be even cooler when you, I, I, you said earlier, you know, you know, taking on cash is, is, can be scary. I'm glad that you've bootstrapped so far. It would be nice to have an app, but you might have to, even if you don't take on cash, maybe you can find a developer that'll, that'll, that'll help you build it for a little equity piece or something. There's a bunch of different yeah. ways to get that done. Well, yeah, I would love to find like a CTO, honestly, or, yeah. or technical co-founder, someone like that would be yeah. huge. Cause you know, I have like the marketing and business background, but the tech is not my mm -hmm. zone. So that really is, I mean, yeah, I don't want to give you a bunch of advice and steer you the wrong way, but yeah, if you're not going to take on cash, you could find, find yourself a, a tech partner that could come on part-time maybe for an equity play something like that yeah, that, yeah. That's a, that would be a good move and i've seen that done lots of times yeah uh, for, for it's just hard to kind of find you know like it's yeah. it's yeah you know what the hard the hardest part is finding somebody you just connect with personally that, that you just get along with that you, you have the same they want to work with and like bring on right yeah that's actually yeah. the toughest part. You could find somebody who's got the skill set, but do you want to hang out with them? You know, I mean, just right. literally, like, do you just want to be around this person? That's the harder part. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. And so a lot of people kind of said to me, you know, I think it something like that happens organically, which kind is of. fair. And I and I appreciate that advice. But I'm also kind of like, okay, ready to, ready for this to happen. Like, uh, we should talk but, off. We should talk offline. You know, Riderflex is a recruiting firm for. A I sure do. <laughs> you know, we know lots of people like that. Uh, like, I know you couldn't do a traditional search for us, right? Because your the cash is not there for that type of thing. But we might be able to work something else out. Let's talk offline about that. Let's talk offline. <laughs> okay, so. What have you learned so far about being an entrepreneur that you want to share? A couple of pieces of advice, uh, advice so far for listeners that, you know, somebody thinking about starting something, but they haven't. Anything you want to tell them today? Yeah. So I think like, you know, if you believe in your business, remember like, I mean, I don't want to overstate this, but everyone's going to give you some advice. Everyone's going to have a comment. Everyone's going to tell you what you should do, how you should do it. And so just take it all with a grain of salt. I mean, you do have to be open-minded and listen, and you don't want to be, you know, you don't want people to try to share feedback with you and you can't accept any feedback, right? But at the same time, just know that everyone's going to give you an opinion. And at some point you have to make sure you're very clear on what you want and don't always listen to all the advice. And you can't do everything either. You have to stick, no. you have to concentrate on certain things and do certain things the right way. You can't just go down 80 different paths at the same time. You'll drive yourself crazy. Right. But it's just interesting, you know, everyone, when you're telling someone about your idea, everyone has like the best idea, right? And it's kind of like, <laughs> well, then you go start that business because I'm starting this business and go do that if you want, because that's not what I'm doing. But no, like, I mean, I just think there's like this fine line where you, you can welcome feedback and opinions, but also just know you have to be pretty clear on what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, how about, 
advice on balancing people that are working a full-time job, trying to start something on the side, anything you've learned there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I wish I could. Um, here's the thing. I just, it takes a lot of grit and resilience. And if I wasn't really, really, you know, passionate about this mission, I couldn't do it. Um, yeah. I, you know, having a full-time job and not, you know, I'm still dedicating all like, you know, all the time to that job and, and doing this on the side. So you really, really have to like want to do it. Mm -hmm. And you just hope that the balance comes in like two years. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. You don't, you don't, there's not a lot of free time in Sydney's world, right? I mean, you know, every minute is taken up, right? You're not just like, oh, I wonder what I'm going to do this afternoon. Yeah, that's not, that's right. Uh, yeah, I have a lit. Yeah. So, you know, you do have to, I do have to tell myself like, okay, just like, don't work this weekend. Like, yeah. And you, could, you know, yeah. Cause you could work all the time, all the time. Gotcha. You know, I feel sorry for any friend that's hanging around with you that like, <laughs> that like glances at her phone when you're trying to talk to her. <laughs> uh, my friends have all just basically been uh, like, uh, yeah, they're scared well, they to pick up their, they're scared to pick up their phones. They're scared to glance at their phone when they're around you. <laughs> they know when I'm out and about that they do it. I kind of give them this eye. Like you know that like I'm not okay with that, right? <laughs> I love it. But, I love I love that. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> um okay. So um what is Sydney's what's Sydney's core purpose in life right now? If you had to put that into a sentence, what does that sound like? <sighs> You know, like, I actually think just living life with a purpose, like what, what my actual single purpose is, you know, I don't know, but I want to live a meaningful life. Like, I think you look back and you hear about these people, especially with all the unfortunate deaths with COVID. And they just say, you know, I wish I would have said yes more. I wish I would have done more. I wish I wouldn't have cared what people thought, um, you know, followed my dreams and followed my heart. So that's just, I want to live a life like with intention and purpose and meaning, you know, whatever that kind of means every day. I just want to, living with intention is really important to me. Mm, I like that. That's good. How about another uh, kind of life lesson question? If you could call the young lady coming out of Wisconsin when she was what, 21? I'm guessing you graduated when she was, when you were 21 or so. I'm just guessing. Yeah. If you could tell her anything and say, hey, here's some advice for you based on what I know. What would you say? Chill the F out. <laughs> uh, like, don't take it so seriously. Like my, holy cow, my young career, I was, I had blinders on. I was laser focused. I was, you know, just running around nonstop, mm -hmm. boss lady, wanting to be boss lady. Yeah getting stuff done if I if I would have just like chilled out I could have like really enjoyed it a little bit more mm -hmm. um probably you know I just I took it so seriously gotcha yeah sometimes sometimes it's good to just enjoy the moments and and, and relax a little bit or else mm -hmm. you, you raise your head and 10 years later you're like oh wow what happened to that 10 years well, exactly. And honestly, like to working in, in professional sports, it's a really high pressured job. Like you're putting on, you know, in baseball, you're putting on 81 live events and sometimes 14 days in a row. And so you're 
working nonstop, right? And so it's easy to kind of get caught up and like everything is like a, you're putting out a fire all the time. Like mm-hmm. literally all the time there's a fire to put out. But if I would have just stopped and said like, okay, yeah, like we're going to manage this. Like we're, we're going to get this done. It's just, it made me so stressed out. <laughs> right. I like just stressed myself out for no reason. And like that just, we know what stress does to our bodies, you know? All kinds of things, all kinds of things. It's, it's not in, worth it. It's endless. It's endless. Yeah. Um, did you learn anything about being around famous people that anything like, you know, like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's just a regular person. I, you know, you know, so, so, so many of us worship, I don't know if worship's the right word, but wor- worship these figures. Like there's some sort of God figure or whatever. And yeah. you, you were around a lot of them. Was it, was it clear to you after a while? You're like, okay, well, this is just a regular dude here. Yeah. I mean, they became my coworkers, which is so funny. Cause I would, I would, I would refer to like the players as my coworkers and my <laughs> friends would think it was like a joke. And I'm like, well, no, really. We're just, we're, we're coworkers, yeah. but yeah. No, but so like, um, yeah, so it's interesting, you know, there's, there's sports fanatics and we, we need right. sports fanatics to keep the industry going. So I appreciate, I appreciate them, True. but the players, I'm going to make a blanket statement here. I can't speak for everyone, but based on my experience, you know, the players don't even care that much. So you have these fans who are fighting outside, you know, a ballpark over, you know, and also someone getting it, like going into the hospital. Like I remember like the Dodgers and giants, like there was this big fight and like one of the guys ended up going to the hospital and like <laughs> the players go out to the bar with each other after. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like the, 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 the guys like- in the fit in the, in the seats are like <laughs> getting all riled up and getting upset and like fighting each other. And the players like, don't really, I mean, they care. <laughs> I got it. Of course they care, sure. but like, they're not. Right. Right. They're like, what are you doing? That's what I always thought was so interesting. I was like, how are these fans getting so upset? And the guys are going to have drinks with each other after the game. That's so funny. That is a great story. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, And you can actually see that on the field sometimes, like after a game, they're just like chatting, like, oh yeah, how's your wife? How's the kids? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're like friends. They all, they grew (laughs) up together. Like they've all gone through the minors together. They've, you know, they play a crap ton of games. They're on the road. Like, they're yeah like they're so i was just mind blown by that like why do we worship these people why do we care so much about the sports are entertaining and don't get me wrong i still love watching them but like let's not take it so far right (laughs) especially when they don't even care that much the biggest thing i I always tell people i'm gonna look guess what no matter what happens on this game that you're so wound up about it it's not going to make a difference on your life tomorrow whatsoever life is going on (laughs) So, but anyway, uh, I don't know. For the most part, I had really fun experiences with all the guys. Um, oh, good. And it's fun, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so I, th- I think it's cool what you're doing, and I just love the the the, the social mission, so to speak, of of put down your phone and just talk to each other. Jesus, right? And I, you know, like I said, you could come back on the show, and we could do a whole nother episode of just how people are walking around with their heads in their phone. It's crazy. Totally. I just just find it sad. It is completely ridiculous. My wife and I really watch that super closely. The the amount, here's the other thing. And I I keep saying, I'm going to stop talking about it. The amount of minutes wasted by human beings scrolling and just looking at dumb shit. I mean, 
if you're like using your phone for an app to educate you about something or you're reading it because it's you're using it as a tablet or you're right. educating you're, you're you're increasing your brain power in some yeah. way okay that's a little right. bit different but the mind-numbing endless scrolling of dumb videos or hatred crap or just shit that doesn't matter oh my gosh. the amount of minutes wasted by human beings right now on that is just crazy it's crazy and it's it's crazy it's tearing up our country yes i totally agree I which totally is not agree. you know and it's also it's also just you know people don't realize how much more it affects you than just right. sitting on your phone for 20 or 30 minutes like dopamine releases in your brain and so yep. now suddenly it feels like you've just done a shot of heroin yep. and like your phone yep. that you know your phone becomes addicting and it's just it, it gets having so many other effects on you besides just wasting 30 minutes of your time i, I could not agree more we have, yeah. to have, you, I have to have you back on the show <laughs> i've done so much research on it i feel like sometimes like i could speak like doctor talk but one more thing on it. One more thing. That yeah. guy, that former president of Pinterest, I can't remember his name. He was on the documentary when he said, they said, what do you think? What's the worst case scenario? And he said, civil war. Did you, did you pick up on what he said on that? I actually had told my wife that same thing several weeks ago. I'm like, this shit is splitting us apart. It's it creating it like, like it could cause something catastrophic, like a civil war. I know that's very uh, no. uh, far-fetched or whatever the word is. Maybe that's extreme, but that's what it, feels like it's doing agreed listen and i know we need to stop but i have to also say one more thing is that i think like so what what we're trying to do is especially on instagram because we're saying like hey this is all addicting and you know we're saying get off your phones but instagram is where we really have to go to like reach people right so True. we we use instagram more as like resources like to say you know don't forget to look up right now you know phone free dinners tonight and things like civil media, like have we thought about maybe just making a new platform and, and thinking about being civil and having just civil media and humane tech and yes. ways to be more humane in our tech. And so, you know, we, we are, we use, we use social media, of course, but I'm not always on there just like selling the product. I'm trying to say, I'm trying to say, use us as a resource to be more present in your life. Great stuff, Sydney. I wish you the Thanks. best of luck. Um, your biggest challenge is going to be that balancing that your life. I don't know how you're doing it all. Yeah, not a lot of free time, <laughs> but uh, I love what you're doing. Congratulations. Thank you so much. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button. If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to hit that little bell next to the subscribe button so you can be notified when we release a new episode. Our show features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get information on the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.